Hello and welcome to the Healthy Hustlers Podcast. We're your happy hosts, Amy and Madeline, best friends who work hard and hustle harder. We believe to be happy and healthy in your work, you need to be happy and healthy in your life. We combine health, well-being and business with a fresh perspective to share the stories of normal people with inspiring lives. From leading entrepreneurs to athletes, models and artists, Together, we delve deep into their journey to success to find out why health and well-being is at the core of their philosophy. Whether you're looking for advice and guidance for leading your best life, an engaging, easy-to-digest pep talk, or a boost of healthy enthusiasm to fuel your health and wellness goals, the Healthy Hustlers Podcast is your go-to for kicking ass in work and play. From regional city hairdresser to internationally renowned model, Tegan Martin's advice seems well beyond her years. Don't be fooled by the beautiful blonde hair, infectious smile and stunning body because behind it all lies a super savvy businesswoman who's on a serious mission to make her mark. Proving her smarts in reality TV series Celebrity Apprentice and her down-to-earth, bright and bubbly personality during I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, Tegan quickly won the hearts of Australians. We have had the pleasure of knowing Tegan for quite some time and feel very honoured to be able to share her story with you today. Welcoming us into her light-filled home in Coogee, we chat to the former Miss Universe Australia about her earlier struggles with an eating disorder, how she naturally healed herself from a chronic illness, and we delve into the spiritual practices that have helped her be the best possible version of herself. Sit back and enjoy, because this episode is full of pure gold. Hi, Tegan. Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's kick off by hearing about your happy place. Where do you go to unwind and reconnect? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, Oh, that's one of my favorite questions. I haven't really told anyone this yet, but um, it's actually a place that my partner Blake and I go to uh, down in Maroubra. I won't tell you where because I'm not giving it away. I don't want anyone else to find our special place. It's a big, like, deep cave that we sit in and meditate. Um, We try to do it once a fortnight, um, and it's just, like, the place where I connect and look out into the ocean and we actually went there probably a few weeks ago and it was storming and like there was rain coming into the cave and we were sitting there meditating I'm like we're taking this too far but yeah it's definitely my happy place oh I love that thank you so much for sharing that now can you take us all the way back to your childhood and give us a sneak peek into little Tegan growing up yes um so I'm from Newcastle very small beach town. Actually, it's not that small. It's the sixth largest city, but it is quite um, coastal and like real home and away-ish kind of vibes. <laughs> um, so um, I lived in Charlestown, uh, which was kind of like a busier part of the city, but I had this huge bush backyard with this giant rope swing that swung out over this big creek. And so my life was consisted of like bush walks in the dark out out the back with my dad and he used to get the torch out and we used to go hunting for like foxes and spiders and I was a real tomboy um I had this like girly side of me but I also had this real like manly side where I just wanted to get out and like throw dirt at the boys um and then I got really into sports um in my early teens um so I was playing rep basketball and netball and I had to decide between the two and eventually went with the netball So, yeah, I was really sporty, wasn't really interested in the whole dancing, like, 
singing thing um, that most of my friends are doing. And my parents kept trying to like get me to go down that path. And I was like, I'm not interested in dancing. Like I'm lanky and I'm just nerdy. And no, like I want to like, get amongst it with with the, the boys. So yeah, my childhood was pretty happy just a little brother and my parents and I are really close and yeah it sounds like a beautiful childhood especially in Newcastle we have been lucky enough to travel to Newcastle quite a lot and it, it feels like a beautiful coastal town that you could yeah it, you yeah have a beautiful childhood absolutely I think I'll be raising my kids there for sure oh that's <laughs> nice you were crowned Miss Universe Australia in 2014 can you talk us through this time and share the highs and lows that came with such a prestigious title Yes, feels like so long ago now. I had competed in Miss Universe Australia when I was 18 and then again when I was 20 and I came second twice. So um, I was quite disheartened on the second attempt to come second out of like, you know, over 20,000 girls that had entered throughout Australia. I was really disheartened to come second twice. So I kind of thought I was going to hang the heels up then and was like, I'm over this. Like, I can't go through that again. It's a really like um, crazy experience. And you kind of feel like you're going through exams at uni when you're studying um, for the pageant, which sounds ridiculous, but you kind of have to be ready for media confrontation if you win. So the whole training process is about being able to deal with journalists and being able to answer questions about anything that you pull out of a fishbowl. Um, And so I put myself under a lot of pressure. And when I came second for the second time, I was like, that's it, I'm done. And then a year had passed by and a lot of my friends who were at the modeling agency at the time that I was at um, decided to do it. And so I had all these girlfriends doing it and I was like, I've come second twice. And these are like the girls that I compete with in a way at my agency every week for jobs. I'd be devastated if they went and won and I hadn't given it one last shot. Um, and I just had something, a little fire inside me was like, you can do this, like you can do this. And a lot of my parents and friends are telling me not to do it again. They're like, no, you can't, like, this is ridiculous. You put yourself through hell and back, you know, you, it's completely up in the air. Who's going to win? Like, it's just too much of a risk. And you've already done so well twice. Like, what if you come fifth or something? Um, so it was really scary entering it for the final time but I'm obviously so glad I did and it completely flipped my life on its head the night I won and I woke up the next morning and I was on the morning show speaking about you know the night and from that moment on it's just been like press press after interview after you know tv show after um walking down catwalks like I my life has been so incredible and if I hadn't have put myself out there and taken that risk I'd probably still be working as a hairdresser in Newcastle so (laughs) that's awesome and I bet you're so glad now that you actually went through all of that media training yes Um, you know you might your life might not have unfolded that way if you hadn't have done that but I'm sure that that would have given you a lot of opportunities anyway. Yeah, totally. I was already headed down a path of, of, you know, modeling and doing well after coming second, but this just took it to the next level. And some of the things I've experienced since winning have been beyond my wildest dreams. And as a little girl, I never would have anticipated that this would be my life. Well, I also think it's a really amazing story that you had given it a go twice and, and came second, but then got the confidence to come back yeah. that third time to win it. 
and I don't know, I just could imagine you there visualizing the win and yeah, it really worked out for you. Definitely. I'd had that moment played out in my head so many times where I had the crown put on my head and I just, I wasn't going to give up until it was on there. So I just kept going for it. And a lot of the girls thought I was crazy because they did it once and they were like, there's no way I could ever go through that experience again. You know, it's so tough and it's such a great self-development period, but it's really hard. Um, but I was thriving off that self-development and every time I did it, I felt more confident. <clears throat> and now in hindsight, I think if I had a one when I was 18, I probably wasn't ready. So everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. And yeah, what's meant to be will be. Yeah. That shows so much grit. So yeah, Thank that's you. amazing. <laughs> you have openly and honestly shared your struggle with strict dieting and eating disorders during your younger years as a model. Can you give us some insight into what the pressure of the industry was starting to do to you and how you first started to pull yourself out of it? Yeah. So, uh, I, experienced probably the darkest part of my eating disorder when I was living in Paris. Um, I flew over there on a contract for three months after I had done Miss Universe Australia for the first time and come second. I decided to go overseas and expand my knowledge and, you know, um, have a bit more of a story to tell for when I came back and entered again because I just didn't feel like I was on the other girl's level. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to move to Paris on my own. This little 19-year-old girl didn't speak any French, um, didn't have any connections there. And I uh, got to my agency and immediately felt this pressure to be smaller. And they'd been telling me in the months leading up to when I came over, you need to get your hips down. You need to get your hips down or there's no point in coming. So my mum and I had been like working on this diet and she'd been cooking all this amazing, healthy, very, very lean food. Um, and I got thought I'd got my hips down, but once I got there, it still wasn't enough for them. Um, and I I was in this model house where I was told by the girls, if you don't keep your weight down, if you don't keep your measurements down, they will literally send you home. I was living my dream in Paris. As a 19-year-old model, I had always dreamed of receiving like a big European campaign. So I was finally there. Um, and all of a sudden, everything just felt like it was so far away again. Um, I was running my run was beautiful. It was actually through the Arc de Triomphe around the Eiffel Tower, but that's not the point. The run was too much. I was doing an hour run every day with like limited fuel, eating carrot sticks and, um, you know, this cereal that I found that had like no calories in it and then going out and, and partying all night because that was the thing to do, um, running off. Yeah. Just no, no fuel. Um, and then it got to a point where, uh, I, was coming in and they were having me strip down my clothes in front of a big table of bookers and kind of looking at me up and down like it just still wasn't there. So at that point, I became bulimic and would eat and then go and throw up and then go to my agency and like suck it in and hope that because I threw up that morning that I would pass the the test of the measuring tape. So yeah, it was pretty heavy. <laughs> oh my goodness, that sounds so intense. And just to think what that would be doing on your mental health as well. Like yeah. your thoughts would have been totally consumed by your weight and your body. And yeah. it's a very vicious cycle, isn't it? I'm sure you Absolutely. Yeah. And not only that, but the long-term physical damage it was doing to my gut and, and my immune system. Um, that was probably where I did a lot of the damage that later led to illness. So that's why I'm so passionate about sharing this message with young women um, 
And models, of course, but more so just women because nowadays with social media, every single girl, whether you're a model or not, feels the pressure to be a tiny, waif-thin model-like figure. So Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you share that so openly because it is so important to talk about and to, you know, what you see on social media is such a filtered life. Like people are only putting up what they want. Mm. Um, So there is a lot of pressure, I think, for young girls and, well, girls in general now to really fit into a bit of a category I guess so yeah it's really beautiful that you share that story and you're so open about it so thank you you've recently starred in reality tv shows celebrity apprentice and I'm a celebrity get me out of here during this time you were secretly battling chronic fatigue can you talk us through this time in your life and how you're able to heal yourself yeah so the chronic fatigue was actually it kind of started after I won Miss Universe Australia. So I was under a lot of pressure that year. I went from being just a little hairdresser in Newcastle to all of a sudden I would go down to the beach and get papped. And one particular day I remember my skirt blew over my head and my bum got papped and was like headlines of everything. And I just like started to lose it a little bit. And I think that the high pressure of that year and that adjustment was probably where the start of my health ailments began. When I competed at Miss Universe, I was quite unwell. I remember saying to my mom, I'm so scared that I'm not going to get by. Um, But by that point, I'd done so much research on how to keep my energy up that and how to not get sick because my immune system was so weak that I would get anything that came in within a meter of air around me, I would catch it. So I was having vitamin C infusions in my arm. I was giving myself B12 shots. I was taking like every type of gut supplement you can. I was doing meditation. I was, and, and because of all these things combined, I did get through Miss Universe and the whole month there, which was quite intense. But then a couple of months after I got back, I was booked on Celebrity Apprentice, which was one of the most intense filming schedules I've ever experienced. It was like 16 hour day. We would come home and have like four hours sleep and be discussing our next challenge on the phone. Like I was on the phone to Sophie Monk some nights, like till two in the morning, like, okay, babe, then you say this, I'll just write this part of your script and then can you do this for me? And we'd be organizing the next challenge when we'd already been filming 15, 16 hours. So I was literally running on adrenaline. My body was in, not in its parasympathetic state. It was like completely fight or flight state the entire time. So um, very unhealthy for the body. And yes, your body will get get by in that state and it will keep going but it's not until you actually stop that it just completely crashes and it's really hard to rebuild it up from there by the time I got to the jungle which was probably two years later or a year and a half after Celebrity Apprentice um, I'd regained my health a lot by doing a lot of the holistic practices I still do today but my energy was probably around 70% rather than 9% which it was previously and so that was okay because the jungle we literally slept all day like it was the best job of my life I was saying to my parents, I'm so scared it's going to be like Celebrity Apprentice and they're going to be really demanding and we're going to have to be doing Vox Pops all day. And I got there and I was like, this is the craziest job I've ever done. Like, it was awesome. We just were relaxing and I honestly meditated more in the jungle than I ever have in my life and came back more refreshed than I ever have. I didn't have my phone. No one could hassle me. Like, 
I've never been more refreshed than after that show. Yeah, oh, that's so good to hear because I remember even chatting to you during Celebrity Apprentice. Yeah. And you were definitely wheeling and dealing. Yeah. (laughs) I was, oh, gosh. Yeah, I remember that being a really harassing all my friends for money to (laughs) donate to my events. Like, what the hell? I guess, can you just touch a little bit on what some of your practices are that you were talking about? We'd love to delve into that a little bit more, find out what your daily practices are and how you kind of keep on top of you know not falling back into chronic fatigue now yeah so I think it's really hard for me to explain because I am very intuitive with where I'm at um that's the biggest thing I've learned because I was so hardcore with physical fixing all my physical ailments fix the gut do this protocol go and see this doctor go and see this naturopath that I had to stop and breathe and be like okay Tegan let's just feel in the moment talk to your body like I I literally talk to my body now and I close my eyes and I get into a meditative state and I say, what do you need from me today? Um, And that's been the most beneficial thing I've ever learned to do. My energy healer taught me how to do that. Um, And now my body gives me like signs. So if I eat something that isn't, uh, and I've taught my body how to do this, like you won't (laughs) be able to wake up tomorrow and do it, but I've taught my body to give me signs. If I eat something that it doesn't like and that if I eat something that inflames it, it actually gives me an instant ache in the left side of my neck. So I know that if I eat, if I start getting, I actually had one this morning after I had this drink that oh. you guys bought. Now I'm usually fine with it, but this week my body doesn't like it. My neck's telling me. So I've taught myself to do that over a long period of time. And that's just becoming more in body and less out of your head and more like shifting the energy through your entire body. Um, but I think that a lot of the emotional stuff and then the energy healing and that side of thing has been more beneficial than any of the physical stuff that I do. So I really encourage people to get amongst it and to learn more about how to be more in your body and less in your head. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. I think that's really nice to share. And so anyone who's probably just embarking on this or wanting to explore a little bit more with their own well-being, what would you say the first steps would be for a starter? I would look at it from a few different angles, obviously going and seeing an energy healer and looking at the emotional side of things and looking at your relationships and your work and whether that's impacting your health is really important. Um, and just getting your energy flowing all through your body, uh, as I just said, but also from a physical point of view, it is important to go and actually have the tests because I feel like we go and we read these blogs nowadays and it suggests to take this vitamin and then all of a sudden we're at the shop buying that vitamin thinking it's going to do what it did for that person. Well, it's not because that person's genetic makeup is completely different to yours and it's just so ridiculous that people think that they can just follow someone else's regime and have the same results. It's not the way it is. Everyone has a different makeup and everyone's body is in a different state at times. So, for example, taking a probiotic, like we're all just taking this shelf probiotic that we think is going to fix our, our gut. But a lot of us have a completely missing strain and we're taking the wrong strain and it's actually doing more damage than good. So, A, I would say go and get the test. Go and have a comprehensive stool test. Go and have your heavy metal tests. Uh, go and have your just general blood test and have your doctor look out for iron deficiency, B deficiency, D deficiency. Um, but then also look at things from an emotional side because it's you're not going to have a complete state of health and well-being unless you look at it from both angles. 
That's amazing. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to start to look into. I, I think I need to go and get the, the test that you've talked about. Yeah. And yeah, to start from the start. I've been into the energy healing for a while, but I agree with you that, that I think that's an important part as well. Yeah. it's um. I always say to people that it's like putting a puzzle together, your health, and you can't just get halfway through the puzzle and say, I give up. If you want a, a complete state of happiness, contentment, and well-being and energy, you have to keep putting the puzzle together and everyone's puzzle is completely different. So you're currently studying with the IIN, which is the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. For anyone listening who is thinking about going down the same path, can you shed some light on your experience with the course and your takeaways? Yeah. Um, there's definitely some wacky lecturers. <laughs> so I warn you now, if you're not interested in being open-minded, don't go there. Um, but I'm personally a very open-minded person and I um, love to take on new perspectives and that's what this course is all about. It's about opening your mind up, um, challenging you to figure out what works for you uh, because they do give you quite conflicting information and you sort of have to decipher what's right for you and that's what you're going to be teaching your clients to do if you decide to actually go forward with a health coaching business it really is very simple, the whole um, concept of the course, bio-individuality. Everyone is completely different. Therefore, you have to be intuitive enough to figure out what it is that you need for your body. And I think it's such an incredible course and I would highly recommend it to anyone that is looking to go down the health and wellness path. Um, if you're not into the high-tech science stuff and you don't really want to be looking at the cells but you still want to gain some understanding in the wellness industry, I think it's a perfect course for you. That's awesome. I'm also studying with the IIN and I yeah. agree with you. It's, I've taken so much out of it and, and as you said, bio-individuality and yeah. one person's food is another person's poison. Yeah, I love that line. Yeah, I love it too and it's just so true that, as you said before, what matters eating today I, I can't eat that and yeah feel amazing yeah you know, we've got completely different bodies totally and we all seem to be getting through this life with these mini issues like headaches or feeling fatigued at 3 p.m or skin breakouts or you know there's a whole host of things that we're all dealing with but people aren't looking to the underlying cause they're just band-aiding everything and that's scary because that leads to inflammation which leads to disease so the message of iin is like deal with your inflammation and deal with the root cause of your problem rather than just putting a band-aid on everything and oh my god i'm so passionate about it and i can't wait till more people do the course so that we can spread the message as a team because it is really hard you know you feel like you're this lone little soldier that's learning all this stuff and you talk to your friends about it but they're like Tegan like it just goes over my head and I'm not really interested in it and I feel like I'm constantly preaching so I've had to really tone it down in that regard <laughs> um but yeah incredible course it's also cool that the the course teaches you that that inflammation can come from other things it isn't just putting food in your body it can come from you know having negative relationships yes a career that you're unhappy with so I love that it's it talks so much about primary food and secondary food and you have to have a balance in you know every area Absolutely. And it, because of the course being written the way it is, I feel like more people will enjoy it and understand it. Like it's so easy. It's such easy information to take in. Um, and I can sit there and do 10 lectures on just how the relate your relationships affect your health and just be completely like just blown away by every part of it. 
So I guess expanding on that, we're really loving seeing the experts in the health and wellness space are now focusing on more of a holistic view of overall health by recognising that to be happy and whole, you do really need to focus on healthy relationships, a career you love and exploring spirituality. Would you call yourself a spiritual person? And if so, do you have any spiritual practices? Totally agree with what you just said. I think that people are starting to finally open their eyes up to how, as we're just saying, their life as a whole impacts their health. And I definitely think that I am spiritual in my own way. Uh, I was raised in a Catholic family, went to a Catholic school, never really knew what that meant to me or where, where my beliefs stood. And I'm still kind of figuring that out. But implementing meditation as part of my daily schedule um, or daily practice has been so life-changing for me and I guess you could call it spiritual or you could say it's not it depends how deep you go but being spiritual to me the word is still quite confusing but I do think I am a lot more than your average person my partner and I have some pretty weird conversations that people would be like blown away by. <laughs> We're always talking about moving energy and chakras and grounding and um, boundaries. And they're really big parts of how we um, make our relationships so fulfilled is, is working on our boundaries and working on our grounding. And I have a lot of issues with my sacral chakra, which is grounding. I can get very, as you probably noticed in this podcast, excited and like start talking and go into this ramble and not make any sense. And he's very grounding and like brings me back down. And so, yeah, that's, that's the chakra that I'm consistently working on. Um, and every time I go and see my energy healer, she's like, oh, you need a bit of work on your sacral chakra. I'm like, oh, no shit. Like, <laughs> same old. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think everyone is spiritual in their own way. They just don't know it yet if they say they're not. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. You know, at the end of the day, we are all spiritual beings. So it's kind of allowing yourself to tap into that without any fear. Yeah. Um, I'm a very visual person, like in my work, and I find that actually helps me so much to manifest things. And the yeah. more that I'm doing it, the more I'm visualizing what I want out of life. And I guess also having those moments to pause and reflect on what I've achieved. Mm, that's I'm so important. To realize, yeah, I'm like... Oh, I totally manifested that. Like yep. I made that happen. And it is only probably the more that I am, yeah, pausing and reflecting and taking those moments to be proud of where I am. I'm really realizing how much power it actually has visualizing and, you know, putting things out there, like writing notes in, I write like my um, personal bio in my phone. Yeah. So in like five years, what I want to be able to say that I've done and achieved. And it's all of those little things. The more you're putting out there, I feel the more that you're attracting. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And one piece of advice I would give is if you're struggling, like I was at, at the start of my spiritual path, is to go and seek help and guidance from someone who knows what they're doing because it, you can hear all these podcasts or read blogs and everyone saying, you know, manifest it, it will come to you, visualize it. But it's not until I've had a number of paid sessions with a qualified Reiki healer or energy healer or whatever you call them that I've actually started to understand it more. Mm -hmm. And it's been my fifth session with this particular guy, David Lomond, that I've been working with that I've now started to learn how to actually get into a visualization where I'm sending light and healing power to different parts of my body. So at the moment we're working on my liver, my liver's not been working, not, not been functioning as best as it could be. So 
I now will sit down in my room with my salt lamp on and my, my oils in the air and just visualize the light coming from a healing source into my liver. And like, I literally get to the end of my session either with David or on my own. And I'm like, I don't have any pain in that area anymore. Like this is freaking me out. And I'm not like trying to preach or anything, but like this is something that's very new to me and I've been doing only in the past few weeks. And I can generally send that healing light to any part that I have pain of my body and it works. So there's definitely something in the power of the mind and visualization techniques. When you say with the healing light, is that how you are healing your chakras or is there another technique that you do to, you say, with your your sacral chakra? Yeah. Do you find that you're able to continually work on your chakras with an energy healer or is it a practice that you do yourself at home? So I actually have an incredible teacher at my meditation class and yoga classes at the living room in Coogee. And if I'm, you know, on a budget or whatever, I'll go and do those classes and bring in my own visualization techniques throughout the class because it can get expensive going and seeing someone all the time. Um, But if I feel like I've just fallen off the wagon a bit and as we do sometimes we get to those days or weeks in our life where we've just had so much shit come our way that we just feel like we're a broken mess and that's when I will pick up the phone it's as simple as like picking up the phone calling my energy healer and booking in and once I've booked in I know that everything's going to be okay a lot of uh, there's also been other times where I just haven't picked up the phone and I've just tried to push through I'm like no I don't have the money right now I'll just you know keep going and going and going and then it gets to the point where I've wasted five weeks where I could have been proactive achieving goals because I've just been moping or, you know, been getting myself down about the circumstances of my life. So I really advise people to like outsource and and get help to kind of learn how to do it. And then once you feel like you're really strong within your practice on your own, you don't need to, to continually seek help from others. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it goes back to always investing in yourself, doesn't it? Like, you know, it might be a little bit of money, but in the end, like if you're not investing in yourself, you can't be the best version of yourself and you can't be putting out into the world and what you want to. So Exactly. And we were talking about this before we started filming, but you seem to spend the money and then it comes back to you in tenfold with just you putting out this like high these high vibrations that tend to bring you back the the money that you spent like times 500 sometimes (laughs) so I just think I urge people to try and get their head their heart and their you know energy all all flowing and then just watch your life go into such magical places and watch yourself attract incredible things you never thought were possible yeah it's so true we're actually even talking about it last night when we landed in sydney it was really about what you put energy into you really do get back yeah yeah Yeah. i love that so i guess when work and your life is at full speed and there's a lot of demands on you how do you ensure you're doing the work to keep mentally and physically healthy i always get confused answering these because i feel like i could go on a ramble about physical and i could go on a ramble (laughs) about mental like there's such different practices for me from a physical point of view if i'm filming and i've got a lot going on i would go as far as to say like i would have a vitamin c once a week a vitamin b12 and you can actually learn to give them to yourself even if your doctor says that you're you have enough b12 um a lot of the naturopaths i work with believe that 
we never do because there's not enough in our food sources anymore. So I give myself a B12 shot every day if I need to during times of extreme busyness and stress. And that really helps me. I'm not advising anyone to go off and do that. You need to speak to a doctor or someone that's qualified first. But also just keeping a lot of healing herbs in my diet throughout high periods of stress and when I'm really busy with my schedule. Lots of like reishi mushrooms. I use turkey tail and lion's manes in my drinks. A lot of green juice and foods that aren't heavy on my digestive system when I'm working a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so more those alkalizing foods that are really... Definitely, yeah. And my vitamin, like my vitamin cabinet's so full on mm-hmm. to the point where, as I said, I'm so intuitive with what I need in the present moment now. I will open my vitamin cabinet and my body tells me what I need that day. I don't try and take 50 you know, supplements. I've even got modafinil, which is a drug, which I don't often talk openly about it's a it's a medication that my doctor gave me for really fatigued days and David Asprey talks about it a lot and says that he took it for 10 years before he actually got natural energy back in his body and that's completely harmless drug but I just kind of have all these like little hacks and I know what I need on that day and if I'm shooting for channel nine I'm gonna take the modafinil if I'm tired because my brain needs to be switched on yeah absolutely and then I guess mentally do you have any practices that you would come home to kind of reconnect or refocus your energy after such intense times or weeks? Uh, Yeah, for sure. So (laughs) Blake and I are so funny. We work from home a lot when we're not, you know, shooting or whatever. And we'll go and do these little walks around the block after a big, like crazy afternoon. We'll literally either go together or on our own and just like take our shoes off and just be like grounded with the earth and just do a walk around the block or around two blocks probably look like a crazy person just walking around with no shoes on but it's so grounding like putting your feet on the earth and and getting some soil between your toes um it's all these things that in the modern day world we're told that we shouldn't do and you don't want dirt on your feet that's gross but it's like we've lost touch of how we're actually supposed to be living and so that's one of my favorite practices yeah i totally agree i love that so much so tegan martin what does the future hold for you next Oh my gosh, I hate this question. <laughs> Don't worry, everybody does. <laughs> because I'm such a spur of the moment type person and I have had such a crazy life. I have more stories than most people when it comes to crazy stories and I feel like things just happen to me. Like I attract things in and it's like, oh yeah, I hung out with Donald Trump for a month, like no biggie. Would I ever have said like my goal this year is to hang out with Donald Trump? No, but things just happen to me. So I try not to plan too much because if I plan too much and, um, you know, have like written goals that I have to achieve, I don't seem to attract in the ridiculously exciting stuff. But I would love to sometime in the future have my own platform like a tv show or something where i could share my knowledge because even though you know i've got a big social channel and i am already sharing it i think that there's so many people out there especially young women who are doing so much damage to their physical and emotional bodies that need someone young and relatable to be like talking to them about and educating them about this kind of stuff i know that there's a lot of incredible doctors out there in lab coats but sometimes it just doesn't resonate as well with with everyone so I would love to be a voice and yeah have my own show about health and well-being or be on some kind of judging panel or yeah well you've said it now so I hope I've said it now 
where we put it out you there. It's out in the universe, so we can't wait to see what happens. Thank you. So before we let you go, we'd love to ask you some of our favorite questions, as we always find we get some great gold out of these. What would you say is your number one health tip? Oh my gosh, that's so hard. Why didn't you give me any warning? Uh, <laughs> I would just say sleep, because I know it's simple and it's cliche but so many people aren't getting enough sleep and sleep is when your cells repair and regenerate and we need you know healthy functioning cells to produce energy and to have mental clarity so sleep is massive and I think eight hours minimum oh amen sister I'm so glad (laughs) you said that because I am such an advocate for sleep I have always been, yeah, a big sleeper. I love my eight hours and it is so crazy the difference I feel in my body when I don't. Even last night we flew into Sydney really late and, you know, got to bed late, probably five hours after (laughs) and up early and I just cannot believe the difference in my body and the way that I feel. And I, I think people can go so long living on that five or six hours that they actually forget how good they can feel yeah. and how productive they can be. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And that they're living in that fight or flight state to be able to get through, you, you know, the rest of the day um, without enough sleep. They're not, their body's not, their central nervous system is not in the right state um, and that's very disease provoking. Yeah, absolutely. I actually had an experience with that earlier this year where I was just completely in that state. 90% of the time. I yeah. Think. And, and you're like, this is fine. I'm getting through it. Oh, I'm getting a lot more done than I would if I wasn't in this state. Yeah, totally. But I was like, you know, getting these weird back pains and this headache. And I was associating it with other things instead of stepping back and just looking at the state that I was putting my body in. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. And I love what is something we can all do to bring more balance to our life. So the hustle can be healthy. Say no. I feel like so many people are in jobs and in relationships and in friendships that are putting so much pressure on them and they're becoming way out of balance because they can't say no to people. You shouldn't be saying yes to responding to emails at 8pm at night for your boss. You shouldn't be working on the weekends. You have to be responsible and stand up for your self-care time because no one really gives a crap if you don't have any to recharge. You know, if you're going to offer to keep working that extra five hours unpaid, no one's going to tell you okay you better take some time now like no one is looking out or looking into anyone else's lane to help them recharge so I hear it all the time and it infuriates me because I'm in a place where I've been able to draw myself out of it but I understand when people are in a job where they feel like they've got no energy they can't go to the farmer's markets and get chemical free food because they're so stressed and under so much pressure with their job and I I tell them I give them advice as to what they should do and they say but I can't like it's my job and I need to make money and I say yeah that's that's I understand that like I feel the same sort of pressure there are days where I work when I've got no energy and I push myself but if it's If it comes down to quitting your job and doing something completely irrelevant to what you know because it makes you happier and because you're not working as many hours, then do it because you could be dead in a year's time. Like, don't run yourself into the ground. Say no. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very powerful tool. So I always say this, but this is honestly one of my favorite questions. And I think you are going to give us some really good gold here. So what advice would you give to your younger self? 
Oh, this is a really good one. I actually wrote a letter to my younger self last week, which I find is a really powerful healing thing to do, especially if there were troubled times in your childhood that you still need to deal with. But I think after reading the letter back to myself in tears, the biggest thing that came to me was just, Tegan, back yourself with whatever you choose to do 100% and always just say yes to opportunities and figure out how to do it later. Like the amount of times I've said yes to something with absolutely no skills in a space where I've told them I have and just winged it and come out the other side, like so proud of myself. But there are probably times in my teens where I didn't do that. And I passed up opportunities quite a bit that could have led me to something, but I was just too, too shy and scared. So it's definitely something I learned later in life. But if I could have started that at the age of 10 years old, I would probably have done a lot more crazy things. Yeah, that is so good. It's a little bit similar. Amy and I used to, when we're working together, always say to each other, fake it till you make it. Yeah. (laughs) And some people hate that saying, but it's, you know, on the same power of what you said, I I just love it because it is just back yourself in and believe in yourself and you can actually achieve anything. I actually did a pretty powerful healing session with my healing coach last week and there was something coming up around the age of six years old for me, like a father issue that maybe like something had happened that I wasn't even consciously aware about anymore. But we went back to that place and I was at the church that I went to at that time and I was... Tegan, my like 25 year old self going to six year old Tegan, putting my arms around her and telling her everything was going to be okay. I'm Tegan. I'm your future self. Like, I just want to support you, hold your hand and guide you through this hard time. And it instantly felt like a weight had lifted off my shoulders and something that I didn't even think was a big deal. Like it was probably an argument or something my dad had like that was so insignificant, but I was still carrying around some weight from that. So clearing that was massive. And you can go back and talk to your younger self at any point in your life if you can remember a hardship that's still bothering you yeah that's awesome that is so powerful i I actually got chills down my spine listening to that that was amazing thank you (laughs) so for all the foodies listening and this is our last question yes what does a day on your plate look like oh okay i'll i'll keep it simple because there's like a lot going on but i do wake up and have my lemon juice in water with coconut oil and then i have usually like gluten-free porridge with uh, activated coconut and almond milk um, and some berries or i have actually grown my own organic garden in my backyard which is so nerdy Um, but I go out and I literally pick a handful of herbs and salad and whatnot and have like a organic veggie rice patty with with that for breakfast so that's that's breakfast and then I usually have that at like 10 a.m. I know that's late but I'm just not hungry in the morning and I do like to fast and give my digestive system a chance to have a break then I eat again at like three Uh, and I will probably have a salad with some marinated tofu or chicken and then dinner might be fish and steamed veggies or I do love to do a pretty hectic salad so like pomegranates and goat cheese and roasted pine nuts and avocado and heaps of good fat in my diet like coconut oil olive oil drizzle on everything I feel like 
a lot of people are so afraid of fats nowadays and they're really not as scary as you think. And I've been probably leaner than ever the last six months on a very high fat, good fat diet. That is awesome. Tegan, thank you so much for being here with us today. We have absolutely loved getting to know you over our conversation. I know we've been able to be lucky to, to get to know you a little bit before, but this yeah. has given us a really big insight into your life and we can't wait to see this new TV show. Oh, thanks guys. Do you want to write it for me? <laughs> No, but we do. We seriously believe so much in you and where you're going, and we just appreciate your time so much. And yeah, we love you. Oh, I love you guys too. Thanks for having me. We'd love to hear your feedback and the guests that you would like to hear from. So please feel free to send us a direct message via our Instagram page at The Healthy Hustlers. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review and subscribe so you can keep up to date with our new episodes each week. For a dose of weekly happy, healthy news, you can subscribe to our newsletter via our website at thehealthyhustlers.com. Until next week, make sure that you're investing in yourself to keep the hustle healthy.